Starting and running a business is hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Whether you're an established business owner or thinking about starting a side hustle to earn extra income, I am here to teach you how to show up as your unfiltered self, level up your business, and thrive as a mompreneur. Let's embrace the chaos and start enjoying the journey together. I'm Amy Tra, and you're listening to the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. Welcome back into the Motivated Mompreneur Podcast. I am joined today by Stacey Millard. She owns her own coaching business and also Love Powered Co. Stacey, welcome in. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you today. So before we dive in, would you mind sharing a little bit more about yourself, who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a CPA by trade. I spent 15 years in accounting, watching the behind the scenes of small businesses. And I became obsessed when I got to see more of how they gave back to our community. And like, they really are the backbone. And after a long career in accounting, I fell out of love with taxes, but in love with small businesses. So subsequently sold my accounting practice and went all in on mentoring small businesses. But one of the things that entrepreneurship led me to was a lot of personal development and self-growth. And uh, just a few months ago, six months ago, I noticed that a company called Love Powered Co., which focuses on affirmations and mindfulness for women and children and families, uh, was for sale. And I just thought this is such an amazing uh, opportunity to bring my small business knowledge to have even more impact on the world in a way that, you know, I'd already been in that personal development world. So now I do both. That's incredible. So I love how you talk about the mindset piece and the personal development, because honestly, as a business owner, I think that's more than half the battle. Absolutely. It's funny because I went into personal development more as a way of like, okay, this business is hard. Even though as an accountant and went to business school, they don't teach you how to, how to do business in business school. So I was looking at it like, this is not the fun I thought it was going to be. And the very first thing I thought was like, if I could get more done in a day, then this would be easier. So I actually went into like, okay, productivity. And then I thought maybe if I'd be happier. So I built so many of those skills and how I look at mindset now, 10 years later, looking back on like, what would I tell a starting out entrepreneur or somebody in the thick of it is that mindset is like the long game like something you have to do in incremental pieces every single day you can't just go to a conference and think everything's going to change but it is also not it's not something it's one time you have to kind of build on it every single day for probably the rest of your life and it gets to be fun (laughs) so it is really interesting to diving into the personal development piece because it is a long game you know you look back at your journey And you're not the same woman you were five years ago, three years ago, even one year ago. I mean, I know for me, that personal development and self-awareness were game changers in my business. How has personal development helped you in your business? So I think it lays a foundation because anytime you're even trying to follow a strategy or a tactic, which oftentimes, like that's what we're seeing sold is like, do this and you'll, you know, get this much money, kind of, you'll have this kind of success. Well, to implement it, you really have to be in a state of mind where you understand yourself, you understand your team, how you know, how your nervous system is even reacting to the advice that you're given, can you apply it? So it gave me an understanding of me and an understanding of the mindset and how I could look at things positively and with that growth sort of view. 
And then I could apply all the tactics that I saw. I love it. So what are some of the most common things you see when people are coming to you and asking about money and finances and all of these things, you know, where do you see that, that these entrepreneurs are really struggling? Yeah. So the very first thing is that money is sort of treated like if I do business really well, and if I just really love all my customers and I work hard, not necessarily smart, but if I work hard and I put in the hours, I'm going to make money and it doesn't work that way. So that's where becoming more self-aware so that we're not burning out in the process, that personal development side comes in and not leaving the looking at money until, you know, five, 10 years into business. And then you're like, okay, I'm finally going to have to give up my passion. I have to make money. No, 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 no. We can have both. In fact, you're doing your customers and your clients and your community a disservice when you're not looking at money. Because the reality is even a nonprofit, even a charity has to bring in money to serve their people. And so, so do you, if you want to be in this for the long run and you cannot get to a destination without having set that goal. So that's what looking at money and looking at numbers does. It's not being greedy or selfish. It's actually serving your people really, really well. Right. Because you can make an impact with that money. When the money's coming in, the impact you can create is even bigger, can you share some tips or tactics with us of how you know, someone can start to go about creating more money and creating this, this mindset shift? Yeah. So I think there's two pieces. So as I was talking about like your nervous system and the self-development piece, I do think that we have to address our kind of spending habits and our money thoughts and fears that come up, anything that was ingrained in us as children. So there has to be some work done on that to really look at kind of how you make decisions with money. And that's sort of that long game. Again, like I'm not, I don't think you're going to go to like one weekend and change your life. I think it's a little bit each time and becoming okay with taking risk in a safe way. Um, And then the other piece behind it is to just start like I love to have money dates every single week with myself. I'm an I'm an accountant, so I like to do my own bookkeeping, but I grab a glass of wine, put on some fun music that's upbeat, and then I dive into the numbers because I know that money used to be scary to me. And so I make it fun. And for anybody else who's not really good with money, I know there's probably some listeners who are like, yeah, I, I could look at these numbers, but others who are like, this is not my wheelhouse. It's just like anything else in business that you're not good at you need to hire for your weaknesses. So you need to get yourself in a place where either you're learning how to look at the numbers and see the picture. It's not about like that number, but it's about the story and the picture it's telling you about your business results. So either get yourself in a room that you're going to learn about that or hire somebody to tell you. The biggest thing is, you know, 10 years ago, there wasn't CFOs, fractional CFOs weren't a thing. Now you can find fractional CFOs all over the place where they work for you just a little bit of the time. And it's like they're in the back, you know, of your of your bus that there's like they're leading the way on your business, making money and really having an impact. So they're on your team. I love that. And something else you said that really struck home was, you know, just being okay with taking risks, but in a safe way. Can you expand upon that a little bit? I love that. 
Yeah. So I'm kind of a middle of the line person. I don't see myself as an extreme risk taker. And I'm also not so scared that I don't move. And that has served me so well in business. So like the calculated risks, right? I look at, for example, a financial risk, like, okay, I'm going to make this investment, but could I make the money back? Let's say it fails. Could I make the money back? Do I have enough to continue operating afterwards? Right? So yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch and it's uncomfortable, but I also have that plan B in place that I think like, okay, this isn't going to be the end of my business. And that's just like, um, years ago, I heard this story about investors where it's like the best investors never put all their money in the stock market. They leave a little bit so that they make a bad investment, then they have more to build up again. And the same sort of concept in your business, right? When you're making those decisions, like maybe it's waiting an extra couple months if you're looking at expanding and you're like, this is going to take all the cash I have. Well, if you know, you're doing an expansion and construction takes a little longer, then what? Let's wait a couple months, have some more cash in the bank. We have a, you know, a backup plan. So there's a way of going about it where it's not, you're like 80% in. I love that. Right. No, but I love that just thought because we're all conditioned to think we have to be like a hundred percent in, but when it comes to money, you do have to be a little bit more strategic about it. And that will set yourself up for success. The biggest thing though, like we've, one of the biggest themes in this conversation has been about personal development and knowing yourself. And here's a really good example where that becomes so crucial. So some businesses, the owner saying like, you know what, I built this as a side hustle and I did it while having a full-time job. And then when I knew I could replace my income, I took the leap. Then you see a completely different group of people who says, you need to go all in, you need to quit your job and you need to go all in. And those are actually both true. So both of those would look at each other and be like, you're wrong. And it, that's not the case. It's actually based on your personality. So there are some people that need the pressure of being all in to be like, okay, what am I going to do? Others, that shuts you down, right? So knowing yourself in this and having done the work to understand your patterns, your behaviors, and your body ultimately um, is really key to understanding like what is the level of risk that you're okay with taking. I love that. And two, then circling back to something else you said, you know, hiring for your weaknesses. So knowing that, you know what, this isn't something I'm strong at, this isn't something I'm comfortable with and hiring for those weaknesses, because there are people that are powerhouses is what they do. Yeah. So that's an interesting kind of concept that is on my mind actually quite a bit, because I think there is a lot of, um, push out there to just like hire out all your weaknesses. But again, like I'm, I'm kind of the middle of the road. If you can buy back your time, if you know, you're going to either buy back energy. So you're completely tapped. You're not doing business well because you're not, your nervous system's not regulated. You're not getting any break. You will actually operate better and more efficiently by hiring out some of those tasks. Right. But the flip side of it is, I am also not one to ever push people to like, okay, go hire all the things. And then they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs like, okay, I have nothing to do. Or I can't make that money back. I'm running out of now I've used so much cash to hire all these people that I can't invest in what I actually need to do for business. Right. So that's a, that calculated risk where it's kind of middle of the line, not any extreme. Love that. Do you find that the scarcity mindset 
plays into a lot of the, the issues we have with money in general. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because even the overspenders tend to be, it's a scarcity issue, whether you're overspending or underspending. Um, and that, you know, that's a lot of self-reflection to get past that, understanding where it came from, and then being able to almost like without getting into therapy, like reparent yourself and be like, oh, I see maybe this situation now for more than what it was. Maybe you see other possibilities, things, you know, doing some of that inner work on why am I, why do I think there's scarcity? Yeah. Are there any other strategies that you can share with us that you use on a regular basis with your clients? Yeah. So especially with moms, the very first thing that I make all of my clients do is address that they want to have an income. The number of women who think, I'm going to make money and then I will pay myself. It just, oh, it feels like such a disservice to you and the business. Because if you're not getting paid, let's be honest, at some point you're going to give up. You're going to have either internal feelings about I'm not getting, I'm not being recognized for my effort. Or somebody in your life is going to start putting pressure on you for doing all this work and not getting paid for it. And so the very first thing I work with all of my clients on is setting an income target for them that really feels like that energy exchange works. This is what I'm putting into the business. This feels like good payback. And then if they're not, the business isn't at a stage yet to pay them that, then we work on creating ways to like, okay, well, what would we have to do? Maybe it's expanding product lines, having more to offer. Maybe it's cutting out things that they're spending time on that doesn't really work. But once we have that target in place, then we can actually look at what's going what's gonna to get us there. But without that picture, it's just, we just stumble around for years. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're essentially reverse engineering it because we do all want to have that income, but it is so common that the money and paying ourselves is an afterthought. Yeah, absolutely. And the feelings that surround that, you know, there can be a lot of guilt with it too. Do you see that with your clients? Yeah, because we're taught, especially with small businesses where we are serving customers. So we're so focused on the service that we give them. And a lot of the time, the mission that we almost have this sense of guilt. And I think that's probably, you know, a bigger discussion, like where all that guilt comes from, but a lot of guilt with women and making money. And you kind of see like the two extremes where there's a lot of people who are fear making money. And then there's a small percentage of women who are just like, that's it. I'm going to blow it up. I'm going to make billions and probably no, nobody really in between. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's so true. And one other thing you had mentioned was just getting in the room. You know, you, you can learn what you need by expanding your thoughts, expanding your horizons, asking for help. And that can be hard to do as a business owner. Yeah. So I I told you that I kind of started like, how can I be more productive? So one of the very first sort of courses I took was from Brendan Burchard. He has high performance habits. But what I learned is that he actually mentors so many of the thought leaders, like the Mel Robbins and the Jay Shetties of the world, and that trickles down. And one of the things he said in the first training that I had taken from him was that he is purposeful on what he is learning and what he's doing. So he actually looks at his business and he says, what do I need to learn next? And sometimes that's like a gut feeling. So we may be acting on that pretty accurately. And other times we are just 
literally acting on whatever Instagram is like, hey, this is going to make you money. So we think we're going to go with it. But having that really purposeful view on like, what do I need to learn? Where do I need to be? Like, what kind of people do I need to be around? That is really that first building block. And then you'll see like, I, at least in my business, I look at, okay, well, who do I need to be around next? How do I amplify my mission? How am I going to get it out, get this out there more? And what do I specifically need to learn? And then that's who I invest in. Not somebody who just says, I'm going to get you to this, this end point, because that may or may not fit my industry, my customer, it may not fit my working style. So I'm more focused on learning the skill than, um, qualifying somebody just based on like, okay, we'll make a million dollars this year. Exactly. And when you do become strategic like that, that's where the real impact starts taking place and change. And, and then you do start to generate revenue when you can have the self-awareness to realize, okay, here is what I am strong at. Here is where I need help. And yeah, I love everything you just said. Yeah. Thanks. It's, I mean, 10 years in business. So (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't say anything lightly. Exactly. It all comes Stacey, from a lesson. Yes. Yeah. Stacey, this was a great conversation and so much value that you shared today. Where can we learn more about you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Stacy S-T-A-C-I dot Millard. And that is where you'll find so many of the business tips that I put out. Also the school for small business podcast, uh, where action, super actionable advice. And if you're into the mindset piece, and you really want to learn how to have that with your family and have that easier lifestyle, then uh, Love Powered Co is Love Powered Co on Instagram. Love it. Thank you again so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to share value with our community. Until next time, stop dreaming and start taking messy action. You've got this. Are you loving what you're hearing? Do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. 